What's going on, everybody? Back into the Dogs Basketball Podcast here a week after we had our last pod. We can assure you this one will not be as long as previous. When we recap the whole season, now we are into the offseason with some dominoes falling for us and around the Valley. A lot of things to cover in a short amount of time here, hopefully. Just some stuff to talk about, like I said, into this offseason. I'm Nate Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. Noel, as I said, we've been praying for dominoes to fall, even though it seems still early in the process. We know the national championship is tonight. If it like will be a you know after officially the college basketball season's over, but we know things are happening around the around the uh, uh, country that now things maybe will officially take off once the season's officially over. But like I said, dominoes for us, and we'll have some other things around the valley. What's going on? Yeah, it's. Uh... We talked about if, uh, I think last week we talked about anybody we thought could leave and we ended up here we are. We have one leave and maybe a potential another. Uh, we'll discuss that. And like you said, yeah, we got little things happening around the valley. Things are small dominoes are starting to fall here and there. But, uh, yeah, it's a busy time with the portal stuff, trying to keep updated with that. Yeah, we have some good stuff to cover here. Let's start out with those dominoes. But let's go back. If people remember and see that we did post some emojis after the team uh, posted about, you know, next season starts now. And they just had photos of a workout that we talked about. It seemed like maybe a mandatory workout because, you know, we noticed some people weren't there and we started to wonder a little bit. It's like, I don't know if the, like they all had the same kind of classes in the coordinates to the team, especially if you're on scholarship. If you're a walk-on, you can manage to maybe have a different for you. Not sure how all that stuff works, but no, it would you know assume that everyone's got the same kind of coordinates with the schedule with the workouts. Like I said, kind of mandatory, and we noticed no Kyla Filowich and no Dalton Banks in these photos. So that's when you wonder. It's like I don't I don't think they would be posting something for next season if they knew they didn't have a full team with them or the ones that knew they're going to carry the ones that would stay. So we automatically knew it was fishy Noah. And out of those names that I said, the one of those two, it was official and we were kind of correct on it that Kyler Filowich is into the portal. Noah, let's jump into Kyler because we, we had a tweet about him and even his teammates, you know, Marcus, Trent and Steven made posts about him and good luck to him. And we're not surprised at this, are we? We, we mentioned how he could kind of get phased out a little bit. And it seemed like if you're from his perspective, it seems like that'd be the case. And it seems like, you know, you would, you know, come to a mutual in, or agreement on something like this happening. We know the talk about, you know, having talking to players after the season and what their future could hold. And maybe there were discussions with Kyler and Noah that confirmed it saying verbal commits say that at the end of March, not too long ago. Yeah, we were, uh, Waiting on to see if he actually posted, but uh, his teammates started making their own posts. I believe it was Marcus and uh, Steven and Trent, I believe, made one. And uh, yeah, just it. I mean, we would like to, we would like to keep him. He was a younger guy. He was only, um, this was only his second season with us. And what we saw his freshman year, we liked what we've seen. I mean, his freshman year, he was all freshman team. He played in 26 games for us, started 16 of those. He led us in rebounding, averaged seven points a game. I mean, that's all we wanted. He was ranked fifth in scoring 
and second in rebounding among all freshmen. I mean, he was a promising talent, but yeah, it's just what we saw from him this year coming off the bench or starting the year he started and coming off the bench, uh, JD stepping in that starting role. Uh, it started to get phased out. His, his, his defense, defensive struggles really probably phased him out this year, the way we want to play defense. And we're starting offensively. He's just not in the fold of what we're starting wanting to do. I think, uh, especially with Cade coming in, a guy, a big that can stretch the floor, um, starting to, and we like to shoot the three ball a lot. So I think we're going to see more of that. So with the a stretch big coming in and with Scotty Abube, I mean, he, he redshirted because he was a raw talent, but this kid is going to see the floor a lot. It just sucks that Kyler gets f- phased out because uh, his mom, we always loved communicating with his mom on Twitter and uh, one of the families that bought into this program right away and uh, just sucks seeing him go. Yeah, and it's kind of because we were talking before that over the last however long, especially since the season has ended, we've kind of been in on or having interest that we've seen on guys around the same size as as all of our bigs to make us wonder if uh, something like this could happen. And we have talked about Tyler a lot. We know obviously when in the season recap, we discussed you know his season itself, and we, we remember we had our list of guys we wouldn't mind seeing leave. And you even said his his age is a big reason why. We know he would have, counting a COVID year, he would have three more seasons. And we were expecting that jump. And as soon as we saw him play this year in the exhibition, uh, that he just looked like the same player. And that's what we got all year, really good spurts. And it is sad to see him go because we remember two years ago, almost two years ago, it was actually this month now, when he, whenever Tyler committed, that we were in on him hard and we knew the team was, but even our interest for him was huge coming out of Canada. He was the best Canadian prospect. We know Canada like kind of, you know, gets out a lot of good players and he was that at the time. And he was near our list at the top the whole time. And we got him so excited. Yes. Big time freshman year. Like we said in the post, he stepped up when we needed him most with just him and Anthony for, for the most part for our bigs and it just didn't work out this this year for him we know yet jd's emergence because we know they both flip-flop starters and and you're right they get ones we got coming in we know scotty's gonna play jd he's in those photos he's staying and we know we got Cade. like that's a good tandem of bigs to have barring anything else like we said the interest for other bigs that we think that uh, just his age would be a reason why we'd want to keep him. But yeah, you got to be able to play defense on this team. You got, and that's something even I'm picturing Cade needing to do. But if Cade can block shots, that counts. JD and Skyler are able to move their feet, guard one, you know, two through five and stuff on switches. It just, I think it's time to, because even Kyler, I mean, we see people, the best bigs around the whole country are not shooters, they're strict post guys, but they're dominating at that level, even at this level. You know, it seems like the phase out is there. You got to be able to do more than what Kylo does. It is unfortunate. We tagged his mom saying we wish him and his family well, because you're right. His family and even Dalton's family are the ones we've been most in communication with. We know like the Damascus and maybe the Browns. Uh, but no, speaking of that, with Kyler leaving, and it did, like I said, no surprise to it. Just, I guess, seeing it come out was refreshing in a way. And no, he's already heard from a couple of teams lay those on us. Yeah, we know right out or his we know right out right away out of high school, um, 
he had some interest from North Dakota playing football and basketball up there, being a dual sport athlete. I know his mom said that. And, uh, but yeah, looking right away, obviously, uh, North Dakota is in on him. SAUE, who was close to getting him when we got him. Holy Cross, Wofford, Northern, Ar- Northern Arizona, Eastern Illinois, and U- UMKC. Um, I figure, I figure he'll end up at North Dakota. Um, Back up north, I'm not sure. Closer to home. Yeah, closer to home potentially. And, uh, yeah, I just feel like he fits more of a style of play in the Summit League with the more dominant bigs like that, bigger bigs, bigger bodies. Uh, I think that would be best fit for him um, to see him end up there and get some more playing time the way he deserves. Yeah, because we knew that if this was bound to happen and now that it has it, he wouldn't, he wasn't going to go anywhere bigger than us. He would stay around the same kind of level. And you're right. It's crazy that Edwardsville maybe was close to getting him at the time. So it is unfortunate. He's one of the first dominoes, like we said, and that picture kind of would have gave it away because those guys, and we mentioned how they might have classes. I don't think they would, they would make sure every player that was coming back could make that. I don't think the classes thing was a good reason potentially so Noah Kyler's out the door we'll talk about him as time goes on where he commits you know down the road and we do wish him well that is a domino but let's jump into the other guy we said that isn't also in those pictures Dalton Banks we mentioned his family as well and we've talked about him and the recap and what he can bring and I'd say he's on the list because whenever we talked about the three four five guys that we wouldn't want to see or we would want to see leave he was around that four or five range and uh we know he can bring ball handling and can score and he has bad flashes, but he has good flashes. Noah, it would be like, we would want him barring who else we would add. We wouldn't care to see him leave because it would open up another spot, which would make it three compared to him staying and be the backup and only having two, even though we, we think we'd be okay with two. We would have to hit on those two spots, but Noah, we, and obviously we were to speculate and have no idea. We just say it because he's not, in those pictures, we could be seeing a Dalton decision here soon. We thought we maybe we'd see it today. But, Noah, do you think we'll see a post from Dalton here soon, or do you think he was another one of those that just so happened maybe to not be at that specific practice? Because maybe we would see him in the portal by now. Yeah, it's definitely interesting because uh, knowing Dalton came in with Kyler and they were – they were, pro- I think they were roommates and they were best friends – and they've been here together since they got here. And his family is as bought in as they were. Um, obviously, I was, yeah, seeing that, knowing that Kyler's now moved on, he was in the picture, connecting the dots, putting putting those together. I would not be surprised to see it. Um, but I would like to, I would like to keep him because I think he's just that perfect point guard off the bench. I mean, maybe, maybe that is what could leave him lead him to leave is that they've sat down here in these meetings and saying, Hey, we're not guaranteeing you a point guard spot. Cause we're looking at, or, I mean, if you look at all the guys we've reached out to, a lot of them are point guards that are probably going to come here and start right away. I mean, there's four or five of them that would start over Dalton guaranteed on our list. And um, I, I would expect it to happen within this week, probably. Um, it wouldn't surprise me, um, even though with knowing it, knowing he he knows the system so well, and he can, at times he settled down the offense, got us into what we needed to be in. 
uh, being that good role guy off the bench that all teams need. Um, but if he does leave, I'd say it's because we – it's not always a – it's not a bad thing if he leaves. It means we're probably recruiting over him. So if you look at it for the program perspective, it's probably a good thing that he leaves. It means we're recruiting over him and we're bringing in more guards that will – lead us in the right direction where this program belongs. Yeah. And like I said, just to open up another spot too, is where we would confirm being okay with it happening. He is the perfect backup. Uh, and, and I would say that you're right over recruiting. And that's where we would draw the line. It's like, yeah, we want to do that for sure. And you never see guys transfer really or that we've had in the past. You could point to a Harwin or point to a, uh, you know, Carrington Davis off and on. And then last year with Eric Butler, you know, usually it's been guys that haven't played that transfer. Dalton started the latter half of the year and played a whole lot. So that's where it'd be an agreement of, yeah, I don't know what the conversations could be like of, hey, we're over recruiting you. It's just like, because I don't think Dalton would want to leave because of that. He knows that he can have a prominent role still, no matter what, like whoever we add, he could still start or he can be that off the bench. He knows he could play a big role in the team. So that's where it would confuse us. But because Kyler wasn't in the picture and he's gone, it would lead us to believe that Dalton will be gone as well because he's also not in the picture. No, and I'm looking at the straight and the slate of pictures right now. Heck, Chris Cross has about, we've talked about this. He's got about five of his own on here. We know he's there, but no, it's everybody else that outside of Dalton and Kyler that obviously we know the other ones that are officially leaving because no more eligibility, but uh, we're seeing everybody on here, even Noah, we're seeing Saku Dembele on here. And we were, and we saw, uh, I think it had to have been this day, obviously. We follow uh, someone who's on the football team that posts a lot of what the team's up to, and they, he was around the basketball team. And we saw Saku in the, in the uh, workout room getting working, and he's in some of these pictures, and we were confused, but we know Noah, he's – He's got a different situation than others. We know he's in the portal, but he's still practicing with these guys. Uh, actually had a dunk in one of these. So maybe he's looking better and better. So we'll be seeing what goes on with him. Just weird that we wouldn't see Kyler and Dalton, but we'd see Saku. And then, no, we would also, if the last picture, someone we've been talking about a lot lately, Ben Harvey. He's in this picture with Marcus. Neither of them are practicing they're actually sitting i'm sure marcus got some shots up but you know marcus probably a little more restful than the others but noah ben's sitting right next to him we've talked about ben that that he's getting some more scans for stuff he's going through and we don't know the status of him. we'll jump in him real fast uh if he's sitting here no that means he's still kind of bought in with the situation it could be a saku reasoning but saku announced he's in the portal a couple weeks ago and ben i don't think would have anything like that because like where can he go when he officially can't play for a while no we're thinking ben's gonna waste a spot unfortunately and you know talking about this is legit stuff because we know nut gut in time we don't need to be wasting spots and um if he's not gonna be healthy and ready to go maybe he will by november but we know how important the workouts are for the summer maybe if he gets the surgery and gets all this stuff maybe he'll be able to play and get healthy but no we're seeing Ben on here leads us to believe that he's staying. Yeah, most definitely. And and we would like him to stay if he is healthy and uh, not wasting a scholarship where we can obviously go use it and get somebody else, which we've talked about it a lot here recently, that there 
there's there's definitely different ways around it um, where he could stay here and figure out what's going on without using the scholarship. There has to be a way. Um, but we know if, if his scans come back and he becomes healthy, I mean, we know what he's valuable to this team. And, but yeah, but it's, if, if they can, if they don't know anything and after the, the next scans he gets and they still don't know, I mean, and he just is going to sit there and waste another scholarship where we could go add another piece of this team so we can um, compete for a Valley championship this year. I mean, that's exactly what needs to happen. They need to, I mean, I, we assume, we assume that they have had conversations and they have multiple conversations about it, but um, yeah, he's just kind of wasting the spot at this point. I mean, he played six games last year. We still, obviously with a spleen then go in and he gets COVID in the middle of the season, that's probably uh, lingering problems, but yeah, we, we never know. It's, it's almost, we've said it, we've said it before, but it's almost like his career is in jeopardy here. Yeah. We talk about him at nauseum and that's why everyone's probably saying you guys talk about Ben all the time. Cause you know, we talk amongst ourselves every day about this and we talking about how, we want things to dominoes to start falling. And we're talking about all these uh, uh, spots and that he, he might be taking up one. And it's always worth conversation. And if he wasn't in these pictures, it would lead us to believe either one, he's gone two or two that he's obviously dealing with what he is. So he's just not going to be here. Uh, so I don't know if it'd be better if he wasn't in there or better that he is. So we can actually talk about it, but seeing Marcus get rest too. So we'll keep an eye and we know people that know Ben, so we'll keep, you know, talking amongst them and maybe getting some answers with Ben as this offseason goes on. And maybe he'll speak or maybe we'll finally get something from Brian along the way of certain things moving forward. Uh, so, Noah, we'll jump into someone else here real fast, though. If we go through these pictures, it looks like everybody's here, though. I mean, it's Trent, it's Troy, it's Foster. We'll get to uh, Lance, uh, J.D., Steven, Scotty, and I don't think I'm missing anybody else. There's a lot of pictures from all these guys. You know? So let's jump into Foster because we know he's on here and everything's fine. There was just some quick speculation on something with him. And, you know, a lot of this happens all the time with, you know, things that would lead you to something like a following, someone following somebody or someone following them. No, there's something with Foster recently that another Saluki fan's eye caught on. Yeah, it was brought to my attention that um, Foster had, uh, if I can find it here, his recent follows were um, part of the Wright State coaching staff and uh, a couple transfer portal accounts, which uh, the transfer portal account could just be him wanting to keep updated, see who's in the portal and all that. But, um, yeah, the the – the followings of the Wright State, uh, Wright State's head coach and the Wright State's associate head coach, and a and the portal account that followed him back is uh, just a weird weird thing to happen. I mean, I know I tried looking into it, and Twitter doesn't show who your most recent followers is. So uh, maybe this guy just follows it way too closely. Um, but yeah, it's weird to see. Um, it's just something we see Foster in those photos and he has a really big smile on his face in one. And I think this year 
uh, he'll be a big contributor off the bench with his scoring. So um, it was just a weird, weird nugget that was put out there and something we've tried to dig into. Yeah, it, w- it would lead us to believe because he is in these pictures that he is staying. It's just odd that that would happen. And we know maybe he's following these people who cover the portal just because it's interesting to watch and stuff. I'm not sure. But he will have a prominent role for sure. And that's where we go back to Ben Harvey. It's like we need to know if you're playing or not, man, because if you're if you're if you're not, that's perfect because that opens it up for Foster. But we know Ben could help us as well to give us a full team. So all of this is a wait and see. The thing with Dalton is interesting. Everybody keep an eye out for that because some investigation has to be done in terms of seeing these things happen and dominoes to fall. So him, we do wish Kyler well with the teams he's in on and where he could land. And uh, it was good to see Cade quote this thing of pictures with an emoji that he's ready to go. So looking forward to him as soon as he graduates this summer, get down here for that. So no, we'll, we'll cover some other players we're in on, and one in particular that seems really specific, along with, remember, talking about uh, Jordan Mitchell. Uh, so we'll get to that. But, Noah, quickly, as soon as we posted our, our pod last week, uh, the main account posted another stat from this past season about how we were number 16 in the nation in scoring defense, and that is the fifth best scoring defense, which was 61 and allowed in the last 50 years at SIU. We know – the great defensive teams in the, in the heydays and stuff. And we did take pride on our defense this year, but it kind of hurt our offense, as we know. No, that's good. We know that was that was a stat we occasionally, you know, when we were talking about either net or talking about any other stats, we occasionally re- – or it was either in, on the app of, like, previews and stuff, of where we ranked and a lot of stuff. This is something I think we do need to take pride in, our defense, and we did well in that department and what our record was when we keep teams below 70 and all that jazz. Uh, but it's something, like I said, that we hope that doesn't keep hurting our offense and we can improve our offense in that regard. But no, a 16th in the nation is, is pretty cool. Pretty good. Yeah, it's, it, it's really good. And yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad they're take I'm, I'm glad we take pride in defense and that, but uh, these last couple posts, uh, the one about the net ranking, now this one, it's almost like a, uh, like a, participation trophy posts and I'm not a big fan of them. I mean, it's, it's good to acknowledge what you're doing, but um, until you have success, it's not really um, a good thing to post that kind of stuff. I know we talked about it when they post the net. Um, I'm just not a big fan of that kind of post, but yeah, it's cool to see. And when we take pride in defense with a coach like Brian Mullins and what way, the way he was a player, um, we got to continue that, especially defensively. Um, but, yeah, it's the offensive end that needs the most improvement, and we know that. Hopefully it gets fixed. But, yeah, 16th, um, that's really that's really good. I mean, we got to keep that up. Um, just got to add to the other end. Yeah, and I would say 120 of the Ken Palm isn't something to ride home about. 16th in the country – for defense would be the most thing, but I agree. It's kind of like a, if you had a little more success than you did, that was would mean a lot more, but 16th in the country is one of, out of those two, that's the most best to mention. So there are those. And then Noah, it's something that apparently not a whole lot, I'd say a small, small majority. So a minority of Saluki fans know about what we're about to talk about next, because we know we have not had a, or a you know end of season presser interview anything with Brian 
But Noah, it came to your attention as well that um, on Saluki Insider that apparently Brian posted to uh, see either season ticket holders or donors and made a post about this. It, it's kind of like something we could see in a post of some kind on the main account for Twitter for everybody to see. But no, it's a post that Brian came out with and said this, and I'm really glad we saw because there's some good uh, tidbits in here. Yeah, it's 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 a really cool. I mean, I would like if um, I think Brad Corn done something along this lines, but he posted out on Twitter. I would like to send Brian go to go to social media and either put it in his notes app and post it, or maybe record a like a two minute video of him doing this. But yeah, I'm glad. Um, I forget who posted on Insider, but I'm really glad that I don't. I guess they're sending. I, they sent it out to donors and season ticket holders. Right. Um, really good to see. Yeah, let's jump into it real fast. Like I said, we might see a post similar to this that everybody can see, but it's just kind of like a uh, <laughs> kind of like a sneak peek. Or we're like insiders here coming out with something before it happens. So. Oh, well, some stuff we've already talked about that he touches on here, but some other wordage. He says, Saluki Nation, thank you for entrusting me to represent this program. I am proud of where we stand today after all the challenges our team has faced during the last two years. No one could have predicted the way the pandemic would change college athletics. This year was challenging, heartbreaking, frustrating, and rewarding, all at different times. Sometimes we lost, often we just ran out of time, but every time we learned and grew as a team, we accomplished some things that have not been done here at SIU in years. And he goes on to list some of these achievements, but no out of that right there. Let's kind of pick this apart. Some things maybe we haven't talked about or some things that are interesting. He talks there about this season on the ups and downs and stuff that we've talked about. And even, and he's right on the, no one can predict the pandemic. And a lot of everyone around the country has dealt with their fair share of issues 100%. And I'd say last year was more difficult for us because we know we started undefeated and beat Butler. And then after that, it was just, a landslide, but, uh, uh, you know, this year I've talked about how there's really hasn't been any excuses. And I think COVID obviously was an issue, but it didn't really hurt us in terms of missing a whole lot of games. We just got certain games pushed back, which wasn't an issue. And maybe, and if you want to talk about how it affected Anthony or how it affected Ben Harvey, maybe in terms of COVID with stuff that we've also talked about before, but heartbreaking, frustrating, and rewarding all at different times. No, that seems to be the case, like we said, in the up and down season. Uh, and he said, often we just ran out of time, and that points to those Drake games. Uh, some of these things, no, he said, we haven't accomplished in a couple of years. We mentioned the Ken Palm since 2008, the highest. Uh, remain consistent over the last 20 years that evaluates what type of team you are. Best defense since 2008, fifth best in the last 50 years. Have we led the NBC and all that stuff? Currently have the longest non-conference home court winning streak since 99 and 2003. Uh, that's got to be obviously in yeah, that's in Saluki history. I thought the, we were talking about maybe around the country in the valley, which that's big. We know where we've been a good home team. We left a couple on the board this year. For wins, first time since 06, 07, back-to-back -back seasons with power six wins. This is something we want to dive into, Noah, because we know we did against Butler, who's in the Big East, and we know we beat Colorado in the Pac-12, and uh, I'm forgetting maybe somebody else, but Noah, we talked about you want to beat power six teams, we, you, but you also want to schedule good teams. We talked earlier about maybe an MTE or teams maybe we can 
teams around that or around the Colorados and Creightons of the world, even Mizzou, we said earlier, would be great examples of getting more wins of this caliber. Yeah, we definitely need to uh, – our lackluster, obviously, we didn't take advantage of it, but our lackluster non-conference schedule this year, um, obviously, we'd like to see more challenging games and uh, especially home games. I mean, this year, this year we had – two non-D1 games scheduled for home, and we ended up playing one of those. Then you played uh, some teams. I mean, you're not going to get very many fans to come out to. I mean, all the season ticket holders and everything, and the diehards will come out to whoever you play. But uh, we know we know SLU is supposed to be a home game this year, and they have a really good team. That will be this, this next year. Um, so that's a decent ball club coming to the arena. But – I understand as a mid-major and with the pandemic with scheduling, it's it's hard to – not a lot of teams are going to come – good teams are going to come to Carbondale and play. It's hard to get them um, to come over here. We're not going to pay the big bucks to pay some decent teams to come in. But, yeah, I mean, having those games on the schedule, even, even if we have to go – if we have to go on the road, obviously if it wasn't for the pandemic, the Butler game never happens. But uh, – we need to schedule more. I mean, we went, you and I went down to Kentucky when we almost knocked them off. We need to schedule more, more of those games and it benefits uh, the athletics with the, the payout we get. So, um, but this is a team that if we get in a game, we can knock off a good team and you're getting the payout on top. So uh, yeah, having those power six games on the schedule um, only helps us in the end. Right, and we talk about the million-dollar donation we thought we got for basketball would help our current status in that regard to maybe we wouldn't be forcing ourselves to play so many of these games to get paid, like how we mentioned earlier with how these HBCUs do it. Uh, just remembering how great that Kentucky game was, and if you get paid two and then you get the victory, kind of like exactly how Evansville did the next year. Uh, but even, Noah, we think about that tournament in Louisville we would have had literally right pre-pandemic found out JD was hurt. We wouldn't have had him, but we could have played Louisville. We know we played Louisville in the past and got smoked. Probably would have been the case again, but so yeah, here and there, there are some, we were in a decent MTE this year. So hopefully we can get in a new one to get more games like this. Cause they said, Oh, six Oh seven. We know we beat Butler at their place like that as well. And then what other games throughout that I'm missing off the top of my head, some huge ones. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's what we want, and hopefully that'll be the case because we see other Valley teams getting good MTs. Hopefully that's the case with us. Some other things he mentioned, we currently have the only two, like they posted about the only two 1,000-point scores as juniors. No, this is surprising because we know uh, a lot of those great players in the past didn't play a whole lot their first year. We know Lance and Marcus was, were able to do that, so it's different. We know Jamal barely played his first year. Darren Brooks barely played his first year, if at all, some of these guys. Randall. All those legends that we know of that still reach 1,500 or more points, they were just really good as they got older. And Marcus and Lance have benefited on playing right away because that's just the times now. Uh, but that, that was surprising when we first heard it, but then we remember that that is how it was back in those days. And we talked about Lance and Marcus climbing up the scoring lists over time, hopefully to get near the top. Uh, said Marcus joins Kent Williams, Jamal Tatum, and Brian. It's the only scholar athlete of the year winners in program history. That was good. Marcus had a good season on and off the court. 
And then over this last paragraph, he, he mentioned the team DPA is the highest in program history. He said, we will win here the way you want, the way I expect to, the way our guys work for. I was hired to establish a championship program. Our guys understand to win a championship, you have to be a champion first. And that is what we are doing here, building champions every day. Over the last three years, we have established an identity as one of the hardest playing teams in the country. That matters a lot. No, it does matter a lot. And we know that's the identity we're, we're choosing here. It's just when it narrows down to the ways you need to win to become a champion. We know the way they said that you know all, most of the guys on this team have been champions before and been successful. And we talked about the first couple of years of this and, and the turmoil and the reasons why certain seasons haven't been as successful. We just remember that first year was so much fun. Uh, no, we believe him, obviously, because that's what you expect. And that's what he said when he got hired, that he wants to make it this way. And we've mentioned the baby steps to get to this point. You know, you need to be able to finish the job at the end and not lose on the first night and how the team, you know, the season ends. We know we could have gotten a lot more wins this year. We just talked about that in the last episode, Noah. But I think over time, depending upon how you're able to take advantage of the transfer portal and take advantage of getting better, no, we need to start seeing results. But this is exactly what he needs to say because it's exactly what we want to hear. And it's true. I think baby steps over the next hopefully year or two that we can compete for that Valley Championship that you just said earlier. Yeah, most definitely. We have to uh... – get there first we have to have start having some success to um take the portal and recruiting as an advantage in, in our as a program and uh yeah the identity of playing one of the hardest playing teams in the country i mean um that takes that limits your recruiting because that takes it takes a lot to uh, get a kid to buy into that to play that kind of style um, that hard nose, um, hundred and ten percent for the the whole game. I mean, that takes a lot out of out of a kid to want him to buy in recruiting wise. Um, it takes a uh, a special staff to get kids to buy into that play that way, and now to um, start getting results out of it. I mean, yeah, like you said, this is uh, this year is going to be key into this this uh building a championship program and getting into getting it to where brian and his staff and us fans want it to be 100 percent. we're hoping that over time in this offseason could pay dividends for that future in this last paragraph here now we must continue to get better in every aspect top to bottom and we will i love this university i love carbondale i love southern illinois i'm not from here but I've always felt at home here. Home is not necessarily a location, but a sense of belonging, something you take pride in, something you protect, somewhere you love. This is home. I can't wait for next season. Go dogs. You know, whenever we talked about this, this was great. It got us pumped. And we talked about how a basketball season would eclipse football and jump it over and be here again. We would love that because that's how much we just love basketball. And I went here in this final paragraph, I'm talking about this and like, we know he's not from here. We know he's from the Chicago area. We know all this. And it's still in-state. And obviously, he came here for a reason. He got recruited here for a reason, how smart he is, how SIU was deemed as a university back then to get a guy this talented and smart. And and that is. And, and that's what he was groomed to be his whole probably college career, his whole life. And that's how he wants to instill it as a coach. And we respect that. 
100%. But then it, when it gets down to the point that, like you said, you got to, you can't be too specific on things. You got to go get a guy who maybe isn't as smart as everyone else on your team. You can have maybe one. And if that guy is uber talented, you can sell him on being one of the top guys on this team that we're hoping we're doing at this moment. And we'll mention guys we're in on in that aspect that you need to do something like that to be able to, uh, you know, elevate the team and elevate itself. But no, that did get us pumped here in that final paragraph. Yeah, most definitely got us pumped and want us to get ready for basketball season. Um, like you said, um, we have a good football team. Um, so we don't want to skip that too, too fast, but, um, we'd love it for basketball get, to get here as soon as possible. For sure. So good words from Brian. Like we said, we kind of unleashed that maybe before anyone else would hear about it. So, uh, you guys can thank us in the DMS after you leave us a mailbag, potentially we'll jump into that. Hopefully we get some more of those, but no, okay, let's move on now to interests that we have and a lot more recent. There actually is a good majority. We know, or you have a huge list. Let's dive into the most recent ones, obviously, the ones we haven't talked about. Uh, some that came out in the last week since our pod. Noah, let's start out with one that came out just, what was it, yesterday. Lafayette senior guard Tyrone Perry. Noah, let's jump into him because, according to Jake Lieberman, he has a planned visit for us here shortly and could make a decision, he said, in the last two weeks. We actually were able to talk to Jake ourselves about any other uh, – uh, specifics about this and who maybe else is in on it we know he's we, he's posted before unless we went and scrolled because he posts forever on other teams that have been interested in him we haven't seen it before until this Noah 12 points a game four rebounds three assists and he is that senior let's talk about him because maybe it's not one we officially like 100 want but because the visits there it's one we definitely need to talk about most yeah uh it's he would be a grad transfer he's a 6-2 guard um, coming from Lafayette, it wasn't a it was on a very, not a very good team. Um, um, but yeah, he'd be that, he'd be a guy that could be that senior leadership, um, that guy that's a veteran ready in here to play, um, like bringing in cash last year, a guy that could step in right away. Um, yeah, this would be a, I guess. For me, I think it would be um, it he, settle in. Yeah, it would almost be like we'd be settling here uh, for a guy um, where we have on our list. I think we we can go grab um, more talented, better. I'd like to have. I don't want a grad transfer unless unless something else. Unless we have another spot open up and we can add that third guy i would like a guy that could have potentially a couple more years um so we just don't have a guy for one one year again and we're just back to that revolving door at a specific spot on this team that's what i was about to just say a revolving door it just depends who if it's a top-notch player then we can agree to it but noah let's talk about also what we just what we've been speculating about and you said you did you had a deep dive on this specifically because he is a grad transfer, and because of that revolving door that Cash was able to take advantage of, everybody – because we were, we were wondering this. If a guy who only has one year left and it's in Cash's position, that it wouldn't just be able to come on and obviously not add towards a scholarship, it would just be like that grad transfer that's just here and not counting, that that looks like that's potentially by the wayside, and we figured that because we 
you know, the COVID year is still attached to people who are in programs until they're out of it. Like incoming freshmen, obviously it won't be able to count for them. So it's kind of something that was for this past season that moving forward, it will not happen. Yeah. All scholarships will uh, count now um, for, for like SIU's perspective, the only guys that the COVID year would count as a scholarship would be when we get there when after next year with Marcus Lance and a Trent Brown, like their COVID year, their, their, their sixth year or their fifth year would not count against uh, our scholarship total. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a, I would, I would like going back to Tyrone. I, I mean, he has a nice game. He seems like uh, say, say he would be the replacement in, for Dalton Banks, I mean, he he's a better his percentage is a better shooter from three than Dalton, and uh, yeah, it'd be it's it's a one year. I mean, fill that gap for one year. I mean, I know a lot of um, Saluki fans have um, just on our list. We talked about him, Brian Moore a lot. It would be that point guard or a Demarco Minor. I mean, I'd rather have one of those two that has two years from JUCO. Um, eligible to play. I mean, I'd rather have a guy with a couple of years on us to add to this program. Yeah, that's true. And uh, you're right. If Dalton does leave and we have three spots, it's like, well, we have guards that we would want and then we would maybe want to add a wing. This is just, you know, how we would want it. And Tyrone, if he would, because he, I mean, he's 6'2", 170. It's like a score. If you brought a guy like this off the bench and it'd be that third guy you would add, it would depend because then you would end up putting Marcus back at the four and how all that things would shuffle because the other top two you would want surely would start that if you had a third option and you brought in a guy like this, let's say, and we were and we're confident in our three bigs, that we had a Tyrone Perry to come in here and be the score off the bench, but maybe that we even wouldn't have with Ben Harvey until he was healthy kind of thing. It'd be like a – it should be like a last resort kind of thing, how we've talked about Cam, John Ace, Cam Alford kind of thing. It'd be like a third option. Uh, and if that third option jumps out, then we can start getting more into some of these. Uh, but yeah, only he wouldn't he wouldn't be near the top of our list. The only reason is because he's taken a visit. And if Jake apparently says there's another team that he wants to keep quiet, it seems like maybe a short list. So Tyrone also he was a team captain this past year. Uh, he was 16th in Lafayette's all time three point field goals list with 144. Led the team with 63 pointers this year. Uh, you know, he, he was solid. Didn't he have uh, – he had 20 – career-high 25 against Cornell, 18 against Holy Cross, 17 Navy. Uh, so, you know, he's had really good scoring outings. Uh, like I said, team captain, his his percentages went up every year. He averaged eight as a sophomore and eight as, as last year as a junior, and now this year. he's He's improved every year, so it's interesting to see what he could be in his fifth year with us. So, this is just an option, like I said, because it seems – like he's visiting, it seems like the top one we would talk about. So, no, let's go to the next one. or a couple more. Uh, let's talk about Tevin Brewer, who's also another most recent one that was discussed. Yeah, Tevin Brewer, a, uh, he's, he's only 5'8", um, but he can score with the best of players in the country. Um, he's coming from Florida International. Uh, He's only, says he's only a junior. I don't know if he has his COVID year, so we could get him with two, but he averaged 15, uh, six assists and four rebounds, shooting 43% from the field. Um, 
he's small, but he can score um, with a lot of guys in the country. I mean, um, he's he's lightning fast. I mean, he can handle the ball with six assists a game. Seems like a pretty good uh, a pretty good add at the point guard spot. Um, I mean, if that is the case, he has uh, two years remaining. Other schools in on him. Uh, Pepperdine, Duquesne, Nevada, North Texas, UTEP, Marshall, App State, Georgia Southern Pacific. Um, if I like our chances out of those schools, um, I think he's from Flor- he's from Arkansas. So I don't know if Ben Harvey maybe knows him, but uh, yeah, this would be a pretty pretty nice ad. I know he's a smaller guy, but uh, um, the way he can score and, and dish out passes, I, it'd be a good ad. Exactly. And I think the only reason why teams like them I mean, Nevada is a nice uh, Mountain West school and stuff. So there's some good options here. North Texas gets to the tournament and, you know, it's quality. So there's some good schools here. The only reason, I mean, if he's scoring 15 and he's dishing out assists, his height is the only thing that's holding him back from going anywhere bigger. But no, we see five, eight ish guys around the whole country. I mean, we've talked about some that are really good shooters and really good free throw shooters. And if that is what he brings, that wouldn't be a terrible ad at all. I mean, that legit, I'm not not kidding that if, if it depends, if we want to add the other guards, if this was a fallback option, this is our point guard. Literally he can score and assist how many turnovers he had. He had to do a lot. I'm sure on this team because he leads them in almost every other stat Uh, three turnovers a game shooting. Like you said, some of the numbers, um, uh, it would be a decent ad. It's like some of these guys you you get you luck out on that are this small that know how to play the game. And you're right, maybe some of the eligibility is there. This guy, this guy should be creeping up, I think, our list a little bit. And thinking about how the valley would be, Noah, that there are some guards that like I can think of a Roman pen off the top of my head, Lukai Patterson, that would take advantage of a guy maybe this small, post him up, and that's you know the, the problem that we would probably have. We got to see where his defense would be, but we know the offense is there. So this is a guy, and he's averaged a steal a game as well. So I think this is a guy that needs to be nearing the top five of a potential list of ads. He would just be, like I said, it would kind of be a fallback option. So I, I like that. Just talking about him more there and going through his stats, it's a good ad. You're right. We like our chances with those other schools as well. That's just uh, us, him hearing from us. So we'll keep an eye for that. And then Noah will jump through some more here. Caleb Fuller. UC Davis transfer, we know he's out of Canada. There was a Canadian account that posted about a couple of days ago, and then Jake Lieberman officially did earlier today. Let's jump into him a little bit. Yeah, 6'5 guard. Um, originally from, uh, I think, England, it says on ESPN. Uh, oh, sorry. What what I say? You said Canada. but Canada, sorry. Uh, 12, 12 points, five, five and a half rebounds, and two assists. Um, a decent three-point shooter shot. Um, I think around 34% this year. Um, you watch his tape, uh, decent, decent, decent strength and, um, can, can get to the rim better than, uh, cash could, uh, not as, I don't think as good as length as cash, but, uh, would be a decent add to the wing here, uh, says he was a junior. So it'd be another interesting if he has two years of eligibility left, uh, to add to this team. Yeah, his first year was 2018 to now, so it's been four seasons, so it might be counting a COVID something that it would be 
it'd be it could be a couple years, but it could be just the one. That would be a wait and see. But yeah, I like his game too. He's a lefty, yes. And he can. He can penetrate and work his way into the post to finish. And we've talked about these wings that we want to add. If whether there's two spots or three spots, they need to be able to defend. And I'm thinking this guy can. He six five is perfect and he's over two hundred pounds. Uh, and he can shoot a little bit. He shoots about 73, 73% from the field, and he rebounds six a game. So this is also another nice ad. We know these are the most recent ones, and we're going to talk about them. But this is a nice ad as well. I think he should be uh, nearing top five of potential as well. So we'll keep an eye out for him. A lot of his team, a lot of, a lot of UC Davis guys are in the portal. So, yeah. Yeah, Northern Colorado, Cal Baptist, Chattanooga, Towson, UTSA. A lot of – weirdly, a lot of other mid-major-ish teams. So maybe that's just – you know, some of the dominoes we'll have to get after. But uh, so, Noah, let's talk about those three are the most recent kind of, but let's talk about Q Grant, Quay Grant recently, a D2, uh, D2 player. Yeah, Quay Grant, um, another guard, uh, worrying on a lot of guards. Um, a 6'1 guard uh, from West, West Texas A&M. He would be a grad transfer. He's heard, heard from North Texas, um, UIC, Sam Houston State, Utah, um, who just added a point guard recently, uh, Moorhead State, and some other Missouri states in on him. So um, it's another guard to watch out for. Um, he's a two-time Division II All-American. Um, so it, it'd be interesting to see what happens here. I'm not sure. Um, looks like uh, this might be – says he was at Wichita maybe at one point. So, um, unless that's different, that's different. No, that's different. That's the same guy. So, um, interesting to yeah, see. Yeah, I was that. wanting to find if you had, like, any of his uh, stats. That's what I'm trying to look up right now and some things on their website. I don't know if they're the same guys or not. Quay Grant, six-one guard. Um First team All American this year is the tournament MV, or his conference tournament MVP. Uh, stats wise, it looks like he he's played three seasons there. He shot thirty eight percent from three. He averaged twenty two point four points a game. Uh, so he's a big time scorer uh, at that level. So it'd be a decent add. Yeah, for sure, and he's around that size. That'd be cool if he could score at that level. He would bring the experience, even though it is the one year left. If we want to, if we say we want to, maybe somewhat avoid those, avoid those kind of guys. But they got the teams are in on him: Utah, uh, Missouri State, uh, Moorhead State, and stuff like that. Southern Miss and North Texas. So decent schools, and obviously we want to keep them away from Missouri State potentially. But yeah, that's another option as well. We we do like though these D two guys that are scoring, and we've talked about some other ones that we'll get to as or that we've gotten to over the course. So that is a good one. Uh, Noah Justin Byerly, he's not a player, but he's an editor for whatever. But he has all these scoops with who's also in the port I follow that he's been giving us some of these as well. I wanted to give him a shout out. He's on this next one. Noah Belmont transferred Jacoby Wood. He's got some nice interest, and we're on there as well. Yeah, 6'2", guard uh, from Cleveland, Tennessee. Was only a sophomore this year, so has some eligibility. Averaged 6'2", two and 2 for them. Shot 41% from the field. Um, had some bigger schools, though, in on him. Uh, Georgia, LSU, USC, Murray State, uh, Vanderbilt, uh, but also 
teams like Evansville, UT Martin, App State, Jacksonville State, who made the tournament this year. Uh, some pretty good schools on there. Texas A&M, Colorado, I forgot. Um, so some bigger schools in on him, probably out of our reach. Yeah, 6'2", 180. He's a, he's a nice player. It looked like he had a better year his first year than this year. He's over 500 points for his career, so he's on pace, being he's only played two years. Uh, and he's played in two more games than he did last year. 41% from the field. Yeah, 6'2", two, and 2. It'd be a nice one, but yeah, I think we should look elsewhere, but we'll keep an eye out for him with those other schools. He could definitely go bigger. You know who's next. Yeah, also on our list uh, since we last talked, um, Norfolk, Norfolk State transfer Jalen Hawkins. Um, they made the tournament. He was a 6'2 guard, averaged 13 points a game for him, shot 36% from three. Um, he's heard from Clemson, New Mexico State, South Florida, Missouri State, um, UNI, Buffalo, San Francisco, and Georgia State. So a lot of, wow. a lot of, a good list there for him. I mean, uh, I remember watching him play uh, Baylor this year in the tournament. Um, really can score the ball um, at 6'2", good size for him. Um, probably out of our reach with some of those schools as well. Without a doubt. So we'll see. that'll be a wait and see. Belmont is losing guys left and right, but they're also in on guys as well. Uh, I just had it here and I lost it, but no, the next guy, uh, let's talk about Norfolk State transfer. He's just, in accordance to our feet, another 6'2 guard. That's who I just talked about. But uh, moving right. on, uh, Xavier Bell, a directional transfer. Um, he's heard from uh, Clemson, Wichita, Missouri State, Grand Canyon, Tulsa, Weber State, Illinois State, UIC. Um, he's, a, he's a decent guard to uh, watch out for. Um, he's hearing from different schools. Um, He's 6'3". He was only a sophomore this year. He averaged 11 a game. Um, shot 49% from the field, so shoots a high percentage. Um, like, I, like I just said about those other two, so has some bigger schools. Don't know if he's looking to go higher. Then uh, the last one, um, maybe have some serious interest in this guy, Trey James, um, Iona transfer, originally out of high school, um, committed to Iowa. Um, he's a big man, um, 6'11", uh, from Kentucky. So um, had some injuries, injury issues, I think. So uh, 6'9", 235. So it would be interesting to add. Only a freshman this year would be, be – add three years of another big man. I don't know with Kyler leaving if that's what they're looking at, but um, would be cool to see. Yeah, sorry. I, I I knew you were talking. I was looking at something else on my phone, and then I went back, and at that moment I wasn't, so I apologize for that. But, uh, yeah, Trey James, for sure. I mean, I think he was when we first saw the, like, the latest interest of a big that literally fits a Kyler-esque mold. But if you watch his tape, he does. He can shoot better, and he seemed like he's a little more craftier on the post. We know Kyler just used his brute force to be able to, you know, help him offensively. But, yeah. Uh, you're right. Started Iowa, so the talent is there for sure. He was top player coming out of there, and then getting these other teams that we think we have a good chance over him as well. So he is one. You're right. Some serious interest potentially. We'll keep an eye out for him. Uh, and I said something on here about uh, 
just needing some dogs. I was talking to someone else that's when you watch even like a St. Peter's play, like and how like those guys just have absolute fight and what willed them to go as far as they did potentially. It comes with I think Shaheen Holloway just instilled that. That's the kind of player he was, but we know with our coach, that's kind of the player he was. He just worked hard, whether it was the official dog. You know, we were going through players that we not sure who has uh like the true dog on our team. We mentioned Lance does and not anybody like a lot of people either was too inconsistent or didn't have it really in them that we fully noticed. Obviously we think some of these other top guys were in on and some of these other guys for sure watch the tape or you hear or know. Uh, I think that is what we need. We need some dogs that aren't afraid of the moment, whether it's in our conference tournament, whether it's in these games, we need to be able to finish games with better people put the ball in their hands or get a huge defensive stop and just aren't afraid of that moment. No, I think that's also where, where we got a single out guy. If we were being specific, just in terms of, you know, we're not going to just mold that into just the only thing. But, no, I think if you had to add guys that, like, like I said, aren't afraid of the moment, I think that would be pivotal as well. Some dogs. Yeah, most definitely. Um, remember talking to different Saluki fans at uh, Arts Madness and them talking about cash wishing uh, – I think we said this before, but having a higher motor and kind of having that dog mentality – um, having a wing like that or another guard like that go alongside Lance um, is what we need. Yeah, and I think Cash was too even keeled. He was a good player. I just think he just he didn't have that comp- – he, he was competitive, but he didn't show it. He, like, like we said earlier, or last pod, he just let his game do the talking. So hopefully we can uh, look for guys like that, that not only the work hard, play defense, but just have the killer mentality kind of thing. Hopefully we can add one of those. We talked about a top three-ish list. Noah, I'd say the other guys we – some of these guys we talked about new outside of what we'd say Brian Moore, DeMarco Minor, and who else do you think would finish a top three of guys we know we're interested in? Some of them don't even have offers. Some are taking visits. We know the top two. If you would add a third, maybe fourth of top guys we should be on at this moment, barring anything else that grows, what do you think that is for you? Yeah, definitely, definitely think um... – Brian Moore should be at the top um, of our list. Uh, DeMarco Miner is definitely another one to look at. Um, but, yeah, I think Tevin Brewer, um, the way he can score um, guard-wise, those three are guard-wise, and there's a couple wings to look at. Um, I'm not sure I would add a big man to this team, but um, – It'd be, it, I mean, if you found, if you could find one that could just like you knew would want to come here and just couldn't say no to, I would understand it. But the three bigs with uh, JD, uh, Scotty, and Cade coming in, I think we're set there. I think I've seen a lot of Saluki fans saying that we need, or some Saluki fans saying we need to add, add a big because uh, we're a little thin. But I think the three bigs we're going to have on this year's team is nice. And let's, like I said, um, you get a talent that you just can't say no to that could make a huge impact. But yeah, guard then wing wise, I mean, um, there's a couple that we've are interested in that um, we just talked about one. Um, if we had to in Caleb Fuller, I mean, adding a wing like that would be nice. But um, there's some other guys we. We, we know that was on top of our list was Sheldon Edwards. We can discuss him. He cut his list today. He's down to Loyola, Santa Clara, and Grand Canyon. So 
Um, he would have been on my top of the list wing, for a wing, but uh, some other wings to look at. Um, I like Quincy Anderson. He's a Minnesota State guy. We've discussed him before. Um, then there's a couple others that go along with um, some bigger wings be, to watch out for. You know, Jordan Mitchell took that visit. Um, have not seen an offer out there. doesn't mean um, there's not one, but, yeah, like a couple of those guys need to add a wing, need to add a good guard. Like we've been preaching, we, need, we have to hit this offseason on the transfers uh, to be successful. Yeah, and these guys that have like a minor who have three years left, you know, and he is a point guard, but he can score. And I think he has that dog mentality, and he's a winner. We talked about the winners. Uh, yeah, I would think also about the bigs either. I think we can be fine with a – and it's banking on a true freshman, Kate. It's banking on a redshirt freshman, Scotty, with a JD. We've talked about it. If we, if we have a – whether whoever starts, we think if JD's returning, or I've said this, that if he's returning – Barring injury or him just not playing well or getting outworked, which obviously can happen because he would have been one that we would have thought would be leaving. And the door's still there. We just know the picture's taken. That it'd be J.D. starting because he's been doing it. And if you have a, two talented bigs off the bench, potentially, that three is really all you would need. And it, You're right. If it's one you can't turn down, 100% do it. But I think you need to go after wings and forwards, 100%. All those guys you just mentioned, even the ones today, meant talking about, are for sure the ones, and uh, like I said, as time goes on, those could change, but I think we're pretty set on the top two, barring anything crazy that would happen, so it is all a big wait and see as the offseason goes down. You mentioned Sheldon Edwards, yes. He seemed like the perfect Saluki, and it seemed like a guy that he'd be the only one in the portal within conference that Brian would be on. We know we were kind of in, we had interest in Jason Kent as well, so uh, a lot left to, uh, you know, happen. So, Noah, let's now jump into uh, some other recruits transfers, not us, that are happening everywhere else. Uh, we know Juice Hill and Trey Hannibal, both from Murray State, are going with Matt McMahon to LSU. Noah, and there was a post, I think, earlier that LSU now has down to no scholarship players that were there this past season, right? Almost all of them have left, and even some recruits. Um, have left as well, but we know Matt McMahon's building that. So he lands Juice and Trey. We know K.J. Williams is still in the portal. He ended up not going to the NBA, so he's potential, but we know he's getting elite looks. So they're going to be the uh, the LSU racers, it looks like. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see K.J. end up there. I mean, um, we're not sure what kind of probation or anything discipline that the program of LSU will get um, for what Will Wade did, but um, – yeah, it's happened at Murray State, too. I mean, both of them um, losing the whole teams, and now they're – I think it won't take long to rebuild a program, but it just it just sucks seeing um, that the program just loses all their players, and now um, it's going to be tough to rebuild. But, yeah, I wouldn't surprise if KJ ends up there. Um, they have those three guys, and uh, they landed a North – Another another transfer too. So they're they're McMahon's building starting to build down there. It won't take him long. Yeah. So before we move on, 
has anything with Murray or they've been in on a couple of guys too. If you have a list for some of those guys that we've seen Murray in on, we'll talk about them and some other Valley teams with that. Who have they shown interest in lately? Yeah, they've uh, a lot of, a lot of Valley schools are showing interest in a lot of guys. Um, uh, Matt or Steve prom added uh, to his staff today, Moorhead state transfer. So um, I think Moorhead state has, three or four guys in the portal now. So be interesting to see um, if they can add to the team. Um, but other, otherwise in the, around the Valley um, looking at another, there's not a lot of incoming transfers so far, um, but uh, pop weathers is a Juco going to Bradley um, in the middle of the season. Sardar Calhoun from Texas tech transfer to Drake. Uh, we know Jason Kitts headed to Indiana State. Uh, then more recently, Nick Edwards, um, a really good point guard that played at Glenville State, where uh, Stephen Verplanken is from, is headed to Valpo. So uh, they still they continue to recruit pretty well. Uh, Brian Trimble, um, a really good guard from Akron, is headed to Missouri State. Um, that's a big big pickup for them. And Keyshawn Davidson. Um, a Tennessee Tech Tech transfer is headed to Belmont. Um, that helps them out. That helps Casey Alexander out pretty well. Um, then just today, um, shirts in Indiana State pickup another transfer. Actual another uh, Lincoln Memorial guy um, who spent last year at DePaul, a six-five guard. Um, he's averaged he averaged six six points a game at DePaul, so. Um, he's a grad transfer, so uh, they add another player today in the state. Yeah, they're going to start becoming a team that is like wing heavy, like all kind of the same size of guys. Like if you're, I mean, all these guys, Cooper Nice is however tall, and we know Cam, Xavier, we talked about all these guys. They're going to be heavy at the wing position. That That's why it's important for us to go get more wing uh, players to match you know, guys that they're bringing in everywhere else is happening. You mentioned Moorhead with if Murray could land Johnny Broom, who was in the portal two years. He dominated Murray this year, and that whole conference, incredible player. If he ends up being that kind of guy for them, that would be insane. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, all of them are adding nice players, as you've said. So those are the guys coming in everywhere so far at this moment, and that will grow. Let's talk about the guys that are leaving. We just talked about Sheldon and trimming his list. Now let's discuss Terry Roberts, who trimmed his list to uh, however many a mile. Let's jump into those and maybe the potential for where he could go. Yeah, um, that list is uh, like a lot of guys that are transferring lists are pretty crazy to see. Uh, Terry is down to top 10. Uh, Texas, Kansas State, Memphis, Florida, Wichita State, Maryland, Oregon, Mississippi State, Missouri, and Georgia. Um, that's an incredible list. Um, if I were him, I would go to uh, probably either Memphis or Missouri. Um, I think those are two best programs that could fit him pretty well. I know Dennis Gates at Missouri is building a uh, pretty pretty solid team really fast over there. We know Missouri's in the top in the in the finals for uh, Sean East out of John A, the JUCO player of the year. So um, if he could add Terry and uh, maybe a Sean East, and he already had 
He already added previously the number one player. Uh, the, also, the other uh, number one player recruiting-wise in JUCO. Uh, so, uh, but, yeah, also Memphis could use a guard like Terry. Um, you're a Memphis fan, so uh, you would accept, you would take him. Yeah, that's what I said, that they're losing a couple guys. They need a guard. I think Penny Hardaway could push for him. Even Chris Beard in Texas. I don't know how it would be hard to turn down Chris Beard. We know Kansas State fans are all over his mentions. Some Maryland people think that they have a really good shot as well. Mizzou would be perfect, I would think. And even Todd Golden at uh, uh, Florida has a good chance. Golden down there. So a lot of good options. And you, it's like you, like you want. He said he wouldn't. He would choose Bradley again if he could. But man, it's like thankfully he did to put him on this map to be able to go to schools like this. And you just cannot turn opportunities like this down. So good luck to Terry. We'll see where he actually ends up. You mentioned Sean East for sure. A lot of these guys that we know pretty well going to top-notch schools. Uh, there's some other things, Noah, but some other Valley news quickly, and, we'll, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Uh, Billy Tavanine, it looks like he had surgery. I remember that was on our feed. That's just something that obviously sticks out, that it looks like he'll be fine and ready to go for next season, Noah, but we know some some – he had a kind of a down year. He would have been on our all-underwhelming team, but Bradley was kind of deep. And he was still a big part of it, Noah, but he had surgery, and we talked about maybe what that injury was we talked about earlier. But, like I said, as soon as we see something like that, that sticks out because he's obviously a good player. Yeah, we know going into the year that he had a, had a foot injury that uh, hampered him a little bit, and uh, I guess he played through it. And now he's uh, um, looking to bounce back for next year because uh, he was a lot better player than what we saw this year. So, uh that helps them out probably back in the starting lineup. We know he came off the bench this year. So, uh, you know, we know he kills us. So uh, him 100% isn't good for us. Yeah, that's why it's almost big-time news seeing him get surgery for that reason of killing us. So, yeah, uh, I'd say he definitely was not the same. That hampered him. So he's getting that taken care of. Now, Noah, three-on-three three that we know, just speaking about it, that we've had guys in it before. Armand Fletcher back in the day that Gage Prim was involved on this, something that happened obviously this past weekend around the Final Four. Uh, Gage Prim played pretty well as far as we know, right? Yeah. The Valley and the Horizon Laker combined team, uh, Prim and Tramel Murphy were both in it. Um, they went four and four. They got bounced out of the second round. Uh, Prim led, led the field in rebound average with 7.6 a game, and Andy led in efficiency efficiency uh, while rankings 14th and scoring was 7.6 a game. Um, I, did, I was unable to see any of this, but uh, pretty sure him, if we know Gage Prim and Tramiel, they probably uh, were a force in this competition. Oh, gosh. I can only see how hard they're working, how tough they are, both strong dudes. They probably represented the Valley really well. We're going to miss seeing those guys, even though they both killed us. It's just we just liked both their games, especially Gages. So we'll, we'll keep an eye out for their futures for sure as well. So that wraps up every other content. But, Noah, we'll end with stating the fact that we um, will be having a thread either starting tomorrow or definitely sometime this week of these interests that keep following, either whenever they become offers or definitely just interest in general to keep an eye out. A lot of these have big-time potential as the ones we just talked about. Uh, and we, we talked about the mailbag. Everyone, please keep, or no one has yet, but uh, please do so. So we can have more discussions on stuff that you guys are curious about, like we said, either from the past 
how it is now or for the future, feel free to do that. So no final thoughts. Yeah. Um, just waiting to see if any more dominoes fall this week. Um, obviously we now know we have a visitor, um, in the coming week or so. And, uh, more and more guys are, um, the championship game is tonight. So, um, after that, usually that's when more things start to ramp up and guys start trimming lists and making more visits and, uh, the off season gets into full gear and, uh, get ready start getting ready for next year see see who we can add um don't know if will anybody we may add somebody soon we may not it may i think last year cash was in may so um that's a month from now so um just an exciting time especially uh in this series seeing who we can add i mean i'm hopeful that we get i mean obviously we 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 see and we make lists and think who would be great for this team but obviously it comes down to um we trust the staff and i guess whoever they decides best is is best for this program we go from there and uh um hopefully maybe we can see an updated uh practice pictures this week and see if there's any more guys missing uh, if that's the key to guys leaving um but yeah it's uh good to get out here sucks to see kyler go but uh it's best for him to go get some playing time elsewhere. Yeah. And to just test other options, that would be best for him. We do wish Kyler well, and he's one of the potential dominoes we've talked about. As soon as anything happens, not only will we tweet about it, but that means there'll be more offers. I mean, we'll be having more prevalent pods. We would like to imagine throughout this off season with the transfer portal being as hot as it is, you never know when teams could strike and that team could very well be us. So Yes, as soon as anything happens, we will be sure to talk about it in the near future. So for Nick Malone, no alerts. Until next time, as always, go dogs.